Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm Keenan, and this is Debbie. <laughs> so we're <laughs> we're gonna um, we're gonna talk about today um, church. Uh, so we're gonna I. Debbie and I met. <laughs> Debbie and I met about a uh, week and a couple of days ago to just kind of talk about um, what church means to both of us, kind of what Bloom means to us, kind of just that general topic. Um, and last week um, we kind of talked about our salvation being something outside of ourselves, and that is kind of a transition into what we're going to be talking about this week, as far as what. Um, what does faith as a community look like? What does, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I basically, we're going to, we're just going to talk. Yeah. So um, I'm going to ask some questions to Debbie and she's going to give her answers and um, and she'll probably have some questions for me too. And we'll just kind of dialogue kind of like we did when we were at her house and talk about what Bloom means to us, what church means to us, all that kind of stuff. Um, so Debbie, what has been your experience with church in the past, and how is Bloom different from that? Well, I'm, I'm just going to briefly say I was raised that you're an American, you're a Christian, don't ask any questions, these are the rules, you're going to go to heaven if you do that, end of discussion. Um, we didn't have a tradition of going to church, although I went to a, a religious school, it was like by virtue of going to the school, that's it, you're covered, you've done what you need to do, but there's no discussion. I couldn't have told you what the Bible was about. I couldn't have told you the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian because that's the two groups I was raised with, Christian and non-Christian. Um, and then fast forward to my adult life where I pretty much you know, rejected the whole shoot match and became very academic and spent decades literally studying all the world religions and trying to make it a very academic issue, convince myself of, of this stuff and I never could. And then a couple of years ago, you know, as we all do go through periods where your life crashes and burns, and it seems to be that's when most people start looking for the meaning of life, <laughs> is when you're laying flat on the pavement. And so I started a, a quest looking for a church. And, you know, that just bounced me through one church to another church where, guess what, this doesn't fit. That I can't deal with your rules, I can't deal with your, your, your premise and everything. And, and invariably, when I got to that point of asking questions and challenging what's going on here, that's when I'd be shown the door. In one way or another, either overtly there's the door, or covertly, we're going to ignore you. You don't exist. And so I tripped across Bloom, just doing an internet search, basically looking for, I need to find a weird church. <laughs> I need to find something that's not anything like the norm, that does not have a structure that I have after literally 58 years decided I can't deal with. And so that's what prompted me to come here was that it was different. It was, you know, weird by my standard and I wanted to try weird and different. And immediately felt very comfortable here, but I think if I can parse it down to one thing is that questioning is allowed here. You're not punished for questioning and that it's a conversation. It's not some authority figure up here with you know, credentials that may or may not be credible um, telling you this is what you're supposed to think and I'm more knowledgeable than you are. My life experience puts me in a position to know what to tell you to do. So I like 
that this is conversational. I like that questioning is allowed and encouraged, and that's what kind of struck for me was the two-way nature of it. So now that you've been at Bloom um, and you have, you know, you've had a different church experience, what what does like the word church mean to you, and how does Bloom fit into that? Now that was the hardest one this week to think about <laughs> because I have such a visceral negative response to church just because so many of my experiences have been negative when it comes to church that I even have a difficult time calling Bloom Church when I'm talking to other people. I kind of, I'll search for words like gathering, um, <laughs> you know, because I just really in my own mind have seen church as a very judgmental um, rules, 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 good people, bad people, kind of these kind of things. So I'm still, I have to be honest, I'm still struggling with what I think of this, you know, because um, it just doesn't fit my model of church. So I can't give you a concrete answer because I'm still struggling with what do you call what we do. So, I think that, um, kind of just to echo off of that, Bloom is very unique from most churches and the fact that it's just a, it's a completely different format um, and sometimes can be a completely different message. What, um, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Um, What, when you, when you bring people to church or when you've brought people to Bloom, what has been like their feedback? What has, because it is very different for a lot of people. Like it's like, oh, this is not, I've had, I've had people love it and I've had people be really weirded out by it. But what's been, kind of what's been your experience with that? Well, you know, oddly enough, I think it's been the opposite of what my experience has been going to conventional churches. If you go to a conventional church, it's big, it's pretty impersonal, you feel like nobody knows you or, or sees you or welcomes you. I think it's the opposite here. I think the intimacy of our group can be off-putting in that it feels like you're walking into somebody else's family and they know all the inside jokes and they know the stories and I, I'm not going to be able to fit in. So it's the same sort of sense, but for a totally different reason. So it almost goes to the other extreme. And so that, that lends it more, I mean, I think it took a lot of guts for me to come here alone. But I think because of the nature of this, you almost need a sponsor. You need somebody <laughs> who brings you in. Because coming in alone is kind of like, whoa. You know, I can't hide in the back. I can't, I can't blend in the back pew and sneak out when I've had enough. That you're very visible here. So, um, so I think that's it. I think it's, it's the intimacy that I like can make it hard to get in. Mm -hmm. You talked a little bit just now about being included and feeling welcome a little bit. What things have made you feel like you're a part of the community and what things have made you feel like you couldn't be a part of the community? I gotta say this is the first place I've ever come where I feel old. 
my age is profoundly obvious. Because um, in my head, I'm 27. I'll be 27 the rest of my life in my head and how I think and act. But it's like all of a sudden, sorry, Jan. Jan and I are the elders <laughs> in terms of age. And that I am really struck how my generational attitudes and preferences are not universally welcome. <laughs> that like, you dress up when you're going to give the presentation. And it struck me that's a generational thing. That why would I have to dress differently today? Well, it's just, it's, that's my generation, you know, and I'm gonna do it anyway, you know? Um, that I tend to be more about structure. You're supposed to start at 10.30, doggone it. <laughs> you know, everybody's supposed to be in their seat ready to go. Your cell phone's supposed to be off. Not just on vibrate, but off. You're supposed to be paying attention. All eyes up here. Be polite. You know, and I have to check myself on that, that that's a generational thing. Um, so that's, that's the way I sometimes feel like I don't fit in, because my idea of social is totally different. My priorities are totally different. But on the other hand, I feel valued that, that I'm, somebody of my generation is wanted here, and that I do have something to offer even though it's different. So that keeps me, you know, the one time you said we need, you know, Debbie and Jan's voice, it was like, I needed to hear that. Because I was feeling really old that day. <laughs> and for those of you who are listening to the podcast, Debbie does look very nice today. So. <laughs> um, yeah, and I would echo that. Like, that's part of the reason that uh, Shelly and I started coming to Bloom is it was people who have different opinions or ideas or ages than we have. Mm -hmm. And if everyone you know is the same as you, how are you really ever going to, like you can't really, what's, I don't know, that kind of boxes yourself up a little bit. Um, what, um, kind of transitioning from like the feel of Bloom, what about Bloom's message has struck you? What, um, does Bloom bring grace to life to you? Does it bring the message of the gospel to life to you? What do those things mean to you? And kind of does Bloom fulfill that for you? Well, my journey to, I would say, being agnostic to being having faith is extremely personal. It would take hours to explain it, but it, it came down to me realizing that it's personal, that my relationship with God is personal, that I don't need a translator, I don't need an interpreter, that we talk on the back porch, and sometimes we talk about why don't birds' eyeballs freeze. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we talk about why do I bother. <laughs> you know, so, it's, so I came to that before I came to Bloom. A, a really huge change in my life in terms of I've been listening to everybody else. And I've been telling God, this is what I find wrong with this whole thing. And hit this point in my life where basically I give up. And to me, it was God saying, I've been waiting for you to shut your mouth. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to quit checking with everybody else. I've just been patiently waiting here. And are you done? <laughs> and when I finally got to this point of being willing to listen, it's like it became real for me. So that's my story. Now, you come into a church, be it here or Bloom, 
and there's a story. You have to have a story to be able to talk. And to me, each culture, each time has a language. Where did I put it here? A common language that you use to answer these big questions. Because if we were all speaking a different language here, no matter how sincere we are, we're not going to know what each other's saying. So to me, the gospel is the language we speak here. I personally do not view the gospel as the truth, as the ordained word of God. To me, it's just the language that we share in this culture. Other cultures will share different languages and different stories. From that perspective as being a symbolic language and a symbolic story that helps us discuss this, I love it. But the moment I feel, if I ever felt here like, you better believe in Jesus, and you better believe it's real, and you better believe the Bible is the word of God, or else I'll be out the door. So, as, so what's good for me about our ability to be conversational here is that we can use that language, but each bring our own meaning to it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense, that we use it as a common language? Um, everybody here, you say Jesus, it means something different to them. You say the Bible, it means something different to them. That's what I feel, that's what I think. But that's not common. I think a lot of churches you go to, here's the rule book on what Jesus means, what the Bible means, what resurrection and redemption means. Whereas here, it's permissible for me to view it as symbolism, not fact. So what... So what does the name Jesus mean to you specifically? Jesus to me is a role model. Jesus is a, a I don't want to just say symbol because I don't want to dismiss. To me, there very likely was a person named Jesus. And beyond that, I don't really need to define him. Um, but I think I turn to Jesus as a role model of this is how I would like to be. This is the person I would like to turn to when I have a question about how to deal with a situation. That, you know, it's, it's cute to say, what would Jesus do? But for me, it's very real. You know, is Jesus going to, it's funny, one, one day Sue and I were driving around and somebody cut me off. And Sue says, why don't you lay the horn on the horn for him? And I said, why? I said, getting mad at them is not going to change anything. And, you know, that to me is a moment of, you know, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus lay on the horn because I'm frustrated? No. And that may sound trite, but that's how I use Jesus in my life, is to really be a reference point of how do you respond? How do you respond to this situation? Um, I, didn't, I didn't ask you this question, but I'm going to ask you now. So the... Because this is something that's always on my mind. Because I have a large percent of people in my life who um, fall under the category of Christian, and I have very different beliefs than they do. How does Bloom as a church? Do you feel how does Bloom as a church fits in the overarching idea of the church as like an entity of the body of Christ? Does that make sense? Like, mm -hmm. how does our community fit into the the global church? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I'd have to say very bluntly, it doesn't. Okay. And I'm glad it doesn't. Um, a 
again, that's what brings me here is that I feel like the global church has failed. Um, I feel like the global church has become like so many things. It's about power and control. It's about manipulation. It's about butts in the seats. It's about um, a business. And I, I hope I don't offend anybody by that, but that's my feeling is that the church has gotten so far away from Jesus, it's not funny. Um, just looking at anything in the world today, it's like, really? Do you really think if Jesus were here, he'd approve of any of this? <laughs> um, so that's where I struggle. I really struggle with why do I even go to church? Why do I struggle to find a church? Why, what is that drive? And I think that drive is universal. I think that drive to, to belong that drive to feel you're not alone. And um, in thinking about this, because I really struggle with that, sometime week to week, why do I come? And I, I came up with a distinction between, what did I call it here? Social aloneness and existential aloneness. <laughs> that social aloneness drives you to join a bowling league, you know, or a book club or whatever you do, that I can have fun with other people. But existential loneliness is this sense that I'm alone everywhere all the time, that nobody really knows me, that I'm hiding, that I'm playing a game. Um, and that to me is what church is about. Church is about revealing who you really are and it's okay. Um, for me, the transformation a couple of years ago was completely believing that I am unconditionally loved by God. And that's all I need. That I don't need somebody else's love. I don't need somebody else's approval. I don't need to. I just need to reference back to that. And that has saved me so much money on therapy. That has eliminated <laughs> so much need for, you know, whatever it is to alter your state that that's become my go-to. When I'm scared, when I'm insecure, when I'm nervous, my go-to is I am unconditionally loved by God. My vision of God, all I have to do personally is go out on my back porch, light up a cigarette, and God's there. You know, that's what we do together. God and I smoke together. <laughs> and that's when we're most in cahoots and talk and, and I get my information that I need. And that's fine. That's my way of, of relating to God. What church is, is I want to be around other people who have an intimate relationship with God. And that that's why we're together. It's not how you do your relationship. You do your relationship however you do it. <laughs> I do mine how I do it. But we all come together with that belief that God cares about me. God talks to me. God helps me out, and we share that in common. Does that make sense? Yes. Sorry, I'm trying to pull up my question again. <laughs> um, I actually have one more question kind of related to that question. Do you, do you believe that there, so I totally understand your answer about um, like the global church and your mind has failed. Do you believe that there is a maybe unnamed group of believers? I'm trying to like change the language. Do you believe that 
Bloom fits into, like, do you believe there are other communities like Bloom out there? Like, there are other places where people can find that message that God loves you, that, like, how do we fit into that picture? Because I think that there is a institution of church that maybe has failed people, but I also think that there is a global network of believers who probably do believe the same way we do, and how do we, how do we, how do we connect with that, or how do we be a part of that, and also, is it, sometimes I feel it's my mission to, to, re, not, I don't know if that's, to bring redemption to the church. Like, maybe I'm supposed, like, sometimes I feel like maybe I'm supposed to be a missionary to the Christians. Like, I think that that, you know, but I feel like that's a, I think, I think, um, I think that what we need to do is find what things are redeemable and bring redemption to them and bring, like, just, I think there's so much focus on, um, on outside issues and whatever it might be, but I think maybe what our job as believers is to kind of shift that belief back to where, where it should be, as opposed to like, I don't know if that makes sense, but what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, this is going to go in a really bizarre direction, and this may be a generational thing. Um, I don't know, are, are any of you familiar with the old-fashioned best steakhouses? Any old enough to remember best steakhouses? Well, we discovered that there's an original, authentic, best steakhouse in Farmington. I've been going down there. And it's like going back in time. I mean, the booths are from the 1930s. The restaurant is so old. It's the original proprietors. First time I went down there, didn't realize it's cash only. I didn't have enough money. And she's, Lord, what ain't you better next time? You know, and we went down yesterday, and I paid her. You know, here's from last time, and she's like, oh, you're so honest, I forgot. <laughs> now, where I'm getting at with this is one of the things I miss from being little is old-fashioned grocery stores and the corner drugstore, and where everything wasn't big. There was no super anything. There was, you know, Target was just a phenomenon when it came along. Oh, my God, you know, in Southdale. And I think the church is misguided in thinking we have to be all interconnected. You know, that it's okay to have a little group here and a little group here, because to me, church is family. It, mo it should model itself on a family. And you wouldn't say, okay, we got a nice family here and the family down the block, we get along, so let's buy a house together. You need, you need boundaries. You need separation. You need to have your own family and your own family with its own personality. And so that's when I struggle a little bit with, I don't want Bloom to grow. I don't want mailers out here and tons of people coming in that you really have to sign an application and let you know if we're going to let you in. Um, because there is the intimacy of Bloom is what makes Bloom Bloom. It's the that we are different and we have good days and bad days, and we like each other sometimes, and we don't. And I can get pissed off about things and be inappropriate, and then I can get back to, you know, being normal, whatever that is. But I think, I think there's this real struggle right now that, and I, something I really don't agree with in Christianity. I don't agree with proselytizing. I don't agree, agree with missionary work. I don't think you can force somebody to believe anything. I think you can tell, you know, the best you can do is say this was my experience. 
and either they're touched by it or they aren't. But I think kind of the corporatization of religion is destroying it. So I personally don't have any need to go spread the word. I spread the word by living my life. And having those intersections with people is, is something Sue's you know, really learning right now is some of the best things in life are accidents. You know, when you set out, like, I'm going to have the perfect vacation. It's rarely the perfect vacation. I'm going to go here, and I'm going to have this meal, and it's going to be wonderful. No, you're disappointed. Um, and that's what I think it is with faith. It's an accident I'm here, you know, because of a lot of failures, and it, it has worked. So that would be kind of my, you know, where I'm different from you. I don't feel like I need to save anybody. I, I'm good. I think everybody's good. I don't think anybody needs saving, personally. I think you just need to be nice to each other. <laughs> okay, so uh, my last question, which is probably the most in-depth one, potentially. What, um, what areas do you feel like Bloom has been successful in, and what, area, what do you see as areas of opportunity for us as a community? So we've really been successful in being unique, in, in being conversational, in having this be a two-way street. There is no sense of authority to me, and I like that. I don't, I don't want to believe somebody has more knowledge, power, authority. Yeah, you need organization to keep the lights on, but when it comes to the message, I feel like we all have an equal voice here, and I like that. My criticism or suggestion is I'd like us to act more like a family. That means, you know what? You come to Sunday dinner, period. It's a priority. It's not I'll get there if I'm not busy. That when you come to dinner, guess what? You bring something to share, whether it's your voice, whether it's your food, whether it's your backbone, whether it's your singing voice. But we can either be a community, which to me is an overused word, which implies it's about me, and I will participate in the community when I want to. Or it's a family, and you are a part of it, and without you, the family doesn't work. And so I sometimes struggle with what I perceive as a lack of full commitment to, to participate. And I know I was all gung-ho when I first got here, and I wanted to do everything, and da, 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 da. And I got to the point where I quit because I felt like I'm doing this by myself. Or with Jan, Jan and I are doing things together and <laughs> getting discouraged because, well, nobody else signed up. <laughs> so I, I would like to see us be a little more mindful that family works opposite than club. A family is different than a community. That family for me implies good and bad, Easy and hard, hard. Um, it doesn't end, it doesn't quit. And I know one of the things when we talked, you were talking about Bloom has a history of being kind of a revolving door. And you come in when life's bad, and you get patched up when you feel better and you're hopeful, and then you spin out the door. And, you know, to me, that's, that's like therapy. <laughs> it's like a self-help group where you're only there because of a problem. And 
I think it's okay to be, to come here as a result of a problem, as I did, crawling in the door, you know, kind of feeling like you're on your last legs. But in a club, once you feel better, it's okay to go find another club. When it's a family, when you feel better, now you turn around and you help the next person. And so that's what I would like to see is this be, I'm not wondering who's going to be here next week. I'm not wondering if these people are going to quit. But that I can count on this, my spiritual family, the way I can count on my mom's going to be at the nursing home this afternoon when I go to do her hair. It's not going to be, oh, she didn't feel like it, and she went off and, you know, is at a movie. <laughs> so I hope that's not being too old and naggy. But I just want to see people really be a little more invested. And when we talked... Um you pointed out something really good that I, I really appreciate that you said. So when we, when Debbie and I talked about a week ago, we were talking about what we really like about Bloom is that it's not, it doesn't feel like a community of fakers. Like it doesn't feel like everyone pretends to be really pious on Sunday and then it's a total asshole the rest of the week. Like it doesn't feel like that's our community. So like I think that that's, um, I think that that's really good because we have a group of people who in our individual lives, we... I think we are really good about trying to represent Christ and trying to be the hands and feet. And we have a lot of people in our community who are really good at volunteering, who are really good at doing all those things. What Debbie and I were talking about is, um, I think we're all, as individuals, really good at about that. But I think, as like a community, we're not as good about coming together and doing something like all together as like a community outreach. Like not even to prop to proselytize, whenever you say that, but not not for that purpose, but just for the purpose of bettering the lives of those around us. I think we do have some of those things, but I think that that's something that I see as an opportunity for us as a community, is I think we are really good about being the hands and feet of Jesus in our personal lives, um, and we're not as great about being it as a community, necessarily. Um, so, yeah. One quick, we're, we're trying to problem solve this a little bit. And one of the, the strengths of this place is we are so diverse. In so many ways we're diverse and that's huge to me. Um, but because of that, it's really, really hard to get us all together someplace. You know, geographically, I mean, I live a half an hour away from here. We're an hour apart. Um, we have different lifestyles. Some people are just starting out with, you know, their family. Other, you know, I'm, I'm starting out with a family too in a different way. Um, but it's really hard to organize things to do together. So I was suggesting that, you know, perhaps we start with Sunday is a commitment. You know, that's the one time we really should be able to all say, be here. But that doesn't mean every Sunday we do it this way. It may be one Sunday we do go out and do some outreach. We take this same block of time that you've made a commitment to be here, and we go do something as a group out in the community because that would just be practical. And to take the focus off ourselves. Because I think because of this intimacy, we can get a little self-centered as a group and get out and it's not about us all the time. Um, so that was one of the things we kicked around. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think too that we are, another like really strong point that we have at Bloom is our like at the end, our time for discussion and prayer requests and things like that. Um, and I think that it's a really great avenue for people who are hurting to be able to um, 
to bring their, their needs and to feel like it's a safe place for that to happen. Um, I think when we have a community like we do now where most of the people are here every week, it kind of becomes like a here was my week at work discussion. And I think that, um, I think I would just say today when we're discussing, we can discuss kind of our community as Bloom, we can discuss um, how we fit into it, and we can discuss you know what we have to bring to the table, what we want to see, and also um, prayer requests that are outside of ourselves or outside of our own lives. Um, I think that I I love Bloom. Like we've been, I've been going to Bloom for seven years, and I've seen it change a lot. And I think that we are now in possibly the healthiest place that I've ever seen it. Um, but I do think that there's always room for opportunity and room for growth and room for how we develop each other as people. But I think that um, I just really appreciate that we are this community because there are a lot of people in the world who don't have a community. And so I, I would like to thank you for being this community um, and challenge us to be a better community. Um, challenge us to be a community that exists for each other, but also exists for others. Um, and with that, we're gonna we're gonna pray, and then we're gonna um, discuss. So, uh, Jesus, thank you so much for for bringing us together and making us this community. I know that each one of us is here for a different reason and maybe for a different time, but I ask that you would continue to bless us as we go through our weeks, and that you would continue to show us who you are, and that you would continue to show us how to be you for, for others. Um, we ask this all in your name. Amen.